everybody. It's Sharice here, your study abroad storyteller. I am here with Chelsea and Christina, who are study abroad returners, and they have graciously agreed to share their study abroad stories with the stamp community. So welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thank you again for being here. Do you want to tell the listeners just a short introduction, who you are, major, that sort of thing? Um. I'm Chelsea Walker. Um, my major is anthropology with a minor in Asian studies. Uh, I went to Japan in my junior year, my first semester of college. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Christina Williams. I'm an international affairs major with a minor in Asian studies, and I went to South Korea and Japan for junior year. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. exciting. I <laughs> definitely want to dig into that a little bit more. That's awesome. So I'm really interested in the international experiences of students before they come to college. Mm -hmm. So had you ever been out of the country before? No. No, neither one of you. Okay. Wow. So did you have any types of international experiences? I mean, anything even like going to a favorite local international food restaurant? No. I'll my friends used to watch a lot of anime and Korean dramas. So okay. that's how I got into, like, that. Okay. So that's the only international thing I've had. Yes. Um, well, Chelsea? my friend got me into K-pop, oh. along with anime and K-drama. So that's one thing. But we also, there's this restaurant in Ellicott City in Maryland uh -huh. called Honey Pig that we usually go to. It's a Korean barbecue restaurant. Ooh. So we would occasionally go there. So that's, that's it. Yes. I like to go. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Korean barbecue is yeah. amazing. Um, and K-pop, I mean, it's like literally taking over the world. It's so amazing. We were into K-pop before it was before, popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just so the listeners know, they were on before you got on, okay? <laughs> awesome. So when you came to college, how were you first exposed to study abroad? Well, when I was in middle school, I always wanted to like study abroad. Mm. So, like, my picking college experience was based off of where I could go. So I literally were picking colleges that would allow me to go to Asia. Nice. Yes. That's the same thing with me, but I started wanting to go study abroad in high school. So I've only wanted ever wanted to go to Korea. Okay. Mm -hmm. So until I got to college, that was, like, the only place I wanted to go. Wow. And I also picked my schools according to where I wanted to go. Yeah. Wow. So that was really young. How were there classes that integrated that into your lessons or people you knew? Or? Just the people I was around. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know how to explain this. It's just they were interested in it. We were friends. So I became in it and I was like, wow, that looks like a cool place to visit. <laughs> so I was like, I want to go there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know at your school, um, you all both went on exchange programs. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so for our listeners, exchange programs are really great opportunities for students to study abroad because they oftentimes are cost neutral. So students would pay the same room and board um, to their current institution and literally just switch places with another student. So it sounds pretty much exactly how the name is. Um, and so in that case, it takes away kind of that myth that study abroad is such an expensive thing and mm -hmm. only super rich people can afford to do it. Um, was, was that a part of your decision in these two programs? No, not really. Oh, okay. 
What enticed you more about those? Well, for I always wanted to go to South Korea, so that was already an option. But then I took Japanese for two years, so I was like, I can't waste this knowledge, so let me go to Japan. <laughs> and the only other school I could go to was Soka, so I just went there. Okay. It was, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's the same. I wanted to go to Korea, but when I decided to go to Korea, my mom was worried about the tension between America, North Korea, and South Korea. Mm-hmm. So I was saddened that I couldn't like go study abroad until my mom said, well, you can go as long as it's with somebody you know or somebody I know. Okay. So the only person that I knew was going to Japan. So also with, I'm taking Japanese for two years, why not go to Japan and use the knowledge that I already learned? That's amazing. Um, so we talked a little bit about family and your story, Chelsea. Was, uh, what was family reactions to you wanting to go abroad? Christina. My extended family were excited because they're all about black people, like being immersed in other things outside of our, our race. Mm. But my mom doesn't really like it. <laughs> she thinks that I choose, I'm choosing to be Asian or Asian-fied. And I, it's really weird, but because I actually wanted to do it and I was serious, she allowed it to happen, but mm-hmm. she wasn't really okay with it. It was just, I guess you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good that you all were able to talk through it, and and both there were situations that could have prevented you, but um, parents were willing to let you move forward, so that's that's really great. Um, I know that's another popular question from students, like, I don't know what my parents will think about this place, or they have concerns, so helping parents navigate the study abroad process is, is really important, too. <laughs> um, so I want to talk back, jump back to your story, Christina. Um, you said you studied abroad in both South Korea and Japan. Yes. How was that even possible? I didn't think it was possible either until <laughs> I came to the Spencer Center. But it, I had to specifically pick certain schools that aligned together for like the school year, mm-hmm. which for me it was Sungshin and then Soka. Okay. Because I went to Sungshin during the fall and Soka during the spring. But... I guess there's other options, but that was the only option that I chose. So that was possible because of that, I okay. guess. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's great. Um, and so tell us a little bit about what it was like, you know, you're getting ready to go. What was that like, the, like, leading up to getting on the plane? Nerve-wracking. Really? Yeah, because before, the two months before I was ready to get on the plane, my passport wasn't ready, okay. so I was already anxious about me not getting my passport or my um, visa in time to get on the plane, um, and then actually going on the plane alone for the first time without my mom was very nerve-wracking, mm. so I didn't know what to do. I was scared, not that fond of heights, so planes are not that great for me, but I was going to do it anyway, Yeah. Um, but yeah. My mom went with me, so... So being alone wasn't. But I was excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited. And I couldn't stop watching YouTube videos like, here, eat here, go to this cafe. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go. <laughs> and so, and I think the only thing that was nerve-wracking was I didn't study formally Korean. So it's like I couldn't really communicate, and I only knew how to say certain things. So that was the only thing, but... People thought it was cute that you don't know how to say stuff in Korean or as, like, your accent is apparent. So I was like, okay, 
so it's okay. But yeah. other than that, I was excited. Yeah. I do find that traveling abroad, a lot of people will give you a bit of grace mm-hmm. if you're trying. Or either if you say, like, one simple greeting, they take it a mile and they're like, whoa, yes. I'm not there yet. They'll yes. <laughs> say hi or good morning, and they'll be like, oh, my God, you're so fluent. Yes. Like, and that happened to hi. me in Japan. Like, I would go to a store, and, like, they would avoid me because I'm a foreigner. But then I'll say one thing in Japanese, but you got done, and then they'll just go on a tangent. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm gonna act like I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So once you're finally there, so we've already hit on language was an issue. Did you have any coping mechanisms or skills that you used to navigate even campus? Well, I think I lucked out because there were, like, five Korean students that came the year before to Mary Baldwin. Mm. So, like, when I was there, they were all eager to help me, and they were, like, super excited to see me. And one of the girls, Yujin, she was my ambassador. So it was nice that I didn't really have to navigate it alone. So I thought that was cool. That's very cool. Yeah, kind of already having a friend base Mm -hmm. in another country to guide you when you get there. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was how it was for uh, me and Shayla, who also went to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got there, we had went to Nara first to, like, chill and, like, break down before we got to school. And then our friend Naho, who went here, came and got us from the train station and helped us unpack and do everything. And then we also had Kumi, who also went here, who was an RA, mm-hmm. who showed us around and stuff like that. And then there are a bunch of RAs and team leaders at Kansai Gaidai who would be more than welcome to show you around campus, get to you to your class. Yeah, just a bunch of helpful people who are already there. That's amazing. And that really helps with, I think, probably the transition of mm-hmm. starting your semester in another country yeah. with a language you're somewhat familiar with, but maybe not fluent. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what were classes like? Were they a lot of students um, want to know? Were the classes in English? I don't know. The language is a barrier. So what was that like, taking classes there? In Korea, I took one class, no, two classes in Korean, and that was the stupidest thing I've ever done (laughs) in my entire life. But the rest were in English, and they were fairly easy. Like, it just depends on the semester you're going for, because in Japan, all the English classes I took were very hard. Mm. I think it took one easy class, (laughs) and the rest were just like, I don't know what's going on. And it was really hard, but it was all in English, so. Okay. So just, did you find that the, I guess, rigor of the course syllabus was a bit different? Like, was it just a lot of information? Yeah, from what the professors, like, told us for, like, the exchange students, it was built to help the actual Japanese students, like, prepare to study abroad. So it was super rigorous for them so they can understand and keep up with, like, English courses. Oh. And I was like, oh, I can't keep up with this. <laughs> and I go to a school in English, so it's like, I don't know. Yes. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How about your experience at Kanzakadai? Um, It wasn't as hard. There were mostly, all, all of them were English classes, mm-hmm. like, normal classes that you would take at your school. Um, if you wanted to take a Japanese course, you could, mm-hmm. but I didn't do that because I wasn't fluent in Japanese, so I would never do that to myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they did the same thing where they would prepare Japanese students for going abroad, so there would be hmm. like one or two Japanese students in my class that were 
preparing to go abroad and they would like have to take certain tests on their own that they would have to do, but that's just for the Japanese students. Okay. But the English classes, depending on your major or what you take, very normal to a usual American college. Okay. Interesting. Now, I know I'm glad we focused first on the study abroad part of study abroad because that often gets left out. We see the beautiful sights and the delicious food and, you know, so I do want to focus on that, but I'm glad you shared a bit of your experience about, you know, the transition of being a student in an international classroom. So now a little bit of the sights and sounds. (laughs) What did you do when you weren't studying? What types of things do you remember, like, sticking out? Shopping. Oh, <laughs> shopping. Okay. What was different about it? Mm, I don't... It depends on, like, where you go. Because in Japan, all of the stores, like, if in Tokyo, I'm not sure how it was in Osaka, but most of the stores were, like, high-end stores. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really shop because I'm not rich. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm not walking into a Louis Vuitton store. Like, I don't know. But, like, in... Um, Korea, it's, like, little shops, like, hole-in-the-wall type of shops, and, like, you can get, like, a really nice shirt for, like, $5. Mm-hmm. It was, like, I shopped a lot there for clothes, mm. and it was really, and the sizes were more accommodating to, like, American sizes, so mm. you can find stuff for, like, your person, where in, like, Japan, it was really hard to mm-hmm. find something mm. that could fit you, because it was super tiny, or, like, yeah. super short, and you're just, like, I couldn't find shoes in Japan, and that really made me upset. <laughs> I I yes. definitely understand that experience. <laughs> I had to get a tailor when I lived in China, so. <laughs> yes. um, in Japan, well, in Osaka, I went to mostly Totonburi for, like, shopping and stuff, and then Nipponbashi, so they had mostly, like, American, not American stores, but, like, stores that are catered to your American So, like, they had stores like Forever 21 and H&M and stuff. Um, There was a few stores like WeGo that catered to other sizes, but not as much because I remember wanting a skirt and it was free size, but I could barely get it up my thigh. (laughs) (laughs) When they say one size fits all, no, it doesn't. (laughs) If it's a size two and you know it, it doesn't fit all. That is it. Um, But, no, yeah, shopping, sightseeing, I went to... Yeah, in Japan, most of my money went to, like, going to see temples or, like, transportation. I hate transportation in Tokyo, and I was, when I visited Kyoto, I loved it because it was, like, one flat fare, Mm -hmm. but in Tokyo, it depends on how far you go, so, like, you could literally go an hour out of your way, and you're paying $10 just for the subway alone, one way. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, I already done paid my budget, so I'm like, I can't buy anything here, so yeah. it's just me going places, looking at stuff, wow. But in <laughs> Korea, it's like a flat rate, mm. so like, and it's like two, no, it's like a dollar fifty. so you just be tapping your car going everywhere, because it doesn't really matter, Yeah. and everything's super cheap, so, mm. yes. Yeah. Temples, a lot, of, I remember seeing pictures. Yeah, of- I love temples, I love going to like countryside, mm-hmm. and like going to old temples and stuff to see the sites. It's so Mm. How do you think that informed your, I guess I heard both of you all say your Asian studies Mm -hmm. minors. Mm -hmm. So how has that informed your, um, I guess, studies either while you were there or certainly now that you've returned home, just being there? It, it, It 
got me more into the culture, mm. I guess, because you don't really see all of that in America. At least I, I don't think you do. Um, but I've taken a lot of religion courses in my college career. And when I went to Japan, I took Zen Buddhism. Mm -hmm. So going to temples really furthered my interest and knowledge on religion itself and mm -hmm. the history behind all of it. Yeah. Interesting. I was interested in, there's not a lot, a lot of temples in Korea. It's mainly like just castles and stuff where like the kings used to live. Mm -hmm. But when I went to Japan, the temples made me interested in like Buddhism. And because it's like they, the color of the temples represents something. So I thought, oh, that's very interesting. And it's different reading about it in a book and then sitting in class and then you actually going and experience it and watching people do it. Because, mm. like, the with the water thing where you pour it in your hand and then you do that and then you have to, like, do it on your hair and then you drink it and then now you can enter the temple. And I'm mm. like, I've never done this yeah. before. We don't have this here. I would like to... Yes, it was a nice experience. Yeah. There's so many things that you read about and learn mm -hmm. about in class, and when you're actually there, it's, like it's a different yeah, it's, feeling. Yeah, it's your learning coming to right, life. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, so excited. <laughs> so how has it been since you've been back? Were there any hurdles? Um, sometimes we hear about, we certainly hear about culture shock going, um, but then sometimes we hear about it in reverse. Mm -hmm. um, any experiences with that? For me, it was the food. Mm. Because when I went to Japan, the food is really what struck me. Um, but when I came back to America, I'm like, I don't, I don't want any of this. I don't like this. I, this is a lot unhealth. This is unhealthier than I actually thought it was when I before I went to Japan. Mm -hmm. And then I go to Japan, I'm like, this food is nice. It's it's kind of healthy. It's better than American food, <laughs> kind of. And I'm just like, I don't. I have that. Don't want my burger. taste buds change. Mm. And it's just like, what? Because. <laughs> Usually, I'm okay with just eating pizza. Like, when, before I left, I would eat pizza, like, each week. But then when I came back, it's like, pizza again? Right. <laughs> it's like, fried yeah. chicken again? Yeah. Like, hamburger again? <laughs> like, I don't want this. It's the curry. Yeah. I was going to ask, what were you accustomed to eating? Ramen. Ramen, okay. Yeah. Actually, for me, transitioning from Korean food to Japanese food was really weird. Because... Mm. All my Japanese friends say Korean messed up my taste buds because I think Japanese food is super sweet. Oh. And Korean food, like super spicy food or super salty food, Japanese people don't know what salt or spice is. So I was just eating and I'm like, I don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> and I would make Korean food in Japan and I would think I'm so weird. Yeah. I didn't really take transportation here. I don't take the buses or, like, subway. I've only taken it, like, maybe twice mm -hmm. or something. But Japan has really changed my mind on transportation. I love the train system in Japan, like, in Osaka, definitely. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, you don't really need a car to go anywhere. You can just go down to the train station and go where you would like to go for a cheap price. Yeah. And it'll Not just... Tokyo. It, well, <laughs> Osaka. <laughs> go to Osaka. Go to Osaka. But no, it'll, it'll take maybe like 25 to like an hour to get somewhere, but it's worth it because the trains are fast. You'll, mm -hmm. get, you'll barely be on the train, and then mm -hmm. you're there, and then it's just, I love the Yeah, I think I did have like a strong stereotype against like bus riders and like subway riders because mm. you know here it's like the subway stinks the people on there are super weird like you don't want to get on public transportation yeah. so then when I had to do it 
there it was like oh it's not that bad and it's cheap and it gets me where i need to go yeah so and it's more like i think it's harder to find like a bus or a subway in america where there it's just like easy like you can walk down the street there's a bus stop like get on the bus yeah yeah and they stop at multiple Mm -hmm. stops and destinations so it's easy to if you're on the wrong side you can just get off the next stop go to the other side side. it's so it's so easy (laughs) definitely done that before (laughs) (laughs) whoops Yeah, I remember coming back and having my first oil change or, like, issue with my car, and I was like, ah, God. (laughs) I hate car stuff. (laughs) So, um, we have a little fishbowl here of some reflection questions. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's the teacher in me. (laughs) Um, So, why don't you grab one? (laughs) Oh, a long one. Okay. So they both have picked uh, a card from a, a fishbowl of um, more extensive type or reflective questions for study abroad returners. So I'll let you read the questions out loud and then provide your answers. Should I go first? It's like really long. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> in what ways are you staying connected to the people you met while abroad? Mm. So... I guess I'll start with South Korea first. Okay. Um, I've met a lot of people, and the only people that I still stay connected with are the five Korean students that came here, and then a girl that I met from Kazakhstan, and then a girl that I met that lives in Texas. Okay. And we will be on Instagram commenting on each other's pictures or stories, and then sometimes it's like a quick, how are you? Are you okay? Like, how's life? And it's really nice. Yeah. And then we plan on visiting each other, but we don't know when that's going to happen. <laughs> and in Japan, I think it was a lot harder because I only made friends with four people. And uh, most of them speak only Japanese, So, mm-hmm. and I'm not that good at speaking Japanese, so it's really hard to stay connected with them. But then I have a friend that lives in Australia, and we talk once in a while. Like, she'll FaceTime me just randomly. Yeah. And then I have another friend in China, and I specifically downloaded um, WeChat, WeChat just so we can speak when she goes back home because we only had each other's lines. Yeah. And it's like, okay, and I really want to be your friend, and I want to see you when I go to China so I will stay connected with her. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think in oftentimes we don't think about, you know, students, the study abroad experience is not just America to these countries. They're connected to so many different places. Mm-hmm. So you can literally meet people, as you just indicated, from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, Chelsea, your question? Yeah, along with here. Questions? Um, name one thing that you miss from the U.S. and why, along with one thing, activity, food, or culture norm that you have discovered in your host country that you would like to incorporate in your life when you return? Well, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the first thing, one thing that I miss from the U.S. and why is, um, wow, I have this in my head. You had so much time. I, ha- I, I had it in my head. It just Come on, Chelsea. Disappeared. <laughs> Oh, you missed me. I know it. One thing that I really miss in the U.S. is people, not all people, but mostly everybody covering their mouth and saying, excuse me, when they sneeze, cough, whatever, or like opening the door for you, Mm -hmm. because I guess that was just like a 
polite thing to do in America. That's so American. They don't do that in Japan. Like, not at all. Or Korea. Or Korea. Not at all. Mm. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've got slapped in the face with a door. <laughs> oh. Um, and no one say excuse me or sorry. It's just, oh, this guy, I have to accept this because I'm in another country. Mm-hmm. Or someone near me has sneezed either in their hand or outside, and I'm just like, I'm just going to put your germs in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> cover your mouth, excuse me. I mean, what? I, okay, yeah. yeah. I, w- I wish that was, I missed that. Um, and something that I've discovered in your host country, Japan, that you would like to have incorporated in your life when you're home, just like the accommodation mm. to other people, because mm. in Japan, there were a lot of signs in English, um, well, in certain places, in the countryside, not a lot, but like there were a lot of signs in different languages that would, ac- that would um, accommodate me in the subway sure. or wherever I am, that I would have an easier time to navigate but I don't think that they have that a lot in America. It's just one language in English, and even if you're visiting, you might not know English that well. That's a good so point. I just wish that they would, like, some places in America would accommodate to other languages all except for English. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you for that. Yay! Thanks for the fishbowl, y'all. All right. So are there any tips that you have for students who may be listening and thinking, I think I want to do this, but I'm not sure anything you would tell them? Don't hesitate. Just Mm -hmm. do it. Mm. Because if you sit and dwell on the thought, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to accommodate and stuff, you never know. Because I thought, oh, oh, my God, I'm going there by myself. I'm not going to make friends. I'm going to be super depressed. No, I actually had a really good time, and I met a lot of interesting people and people I'm still friends with. And also, please learn the language. Mm. Don't be that foreigner <laughs> that is, like, struggling to communicate. Because, like, there's so many videos out there. It's like, oh, you, you're okay if you go to a big city. They know English. No, they don't. <laughs> the sign... In the cafe, maybe in English, but I guarantee you the person taking your order will not know what, what you are saying. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also very courteous to yeah. like accommodate to their yeah. culture and mm-hmm. not just be like, oh, well, I'm American, they're going to have to accommodate yeah. me. No, just learn their language. It's like the decent thing to do as a human being. Yeah. yeah, and they really appreciate it. If you just know how to say hello or thank you, mm-hmm. that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, were there any tools, I know you both took classes in the languages, but were there any outside um, apps or sites that you would recommend for specific to maybe Japanese or Korean? Uh, Korean, talk to me in Korean. Mm-hmm. They're on YouTube, they have books, they have a podcast, they're really helpful, they're really good. Jap- Japanese, I don't a lot of yours was through school, yeah, right? Was, Your classes. Yeah. Okay, good. So we'll link to Talk to Me in Korean. In Korean. Yes. Okay, we'll link to that for sure. Um, how about you? Any additions to that? I think you said. Um, okay, this is about a packing thing. Oh, okay, no packing. No matter if you think you have a lot of clothes, you don't. <laughs> oh, my God. You yes. <laughs> pack as many clothes as you can think possible. Because if really? I thought I had a lot of stuff, I went to Japan, I unpacked, and I said, wow, I have no clothes. <laughs> it's like you have five outfits. Right, and you, just and like, you have to re-wear them. Is, yeah, you just like, shop mm. and get more clothes. But, yeah, you yes. don't have enough. Don't. Oh. If you think you do, you don't. <laughs> okay. And these are tips coming from students who studied one semester in Japan uh, and another who studied yeah. one semester in Japan and another semester in South Korea, so we have multiple time frames represented yes. here. So, 
Awesome. Well, so just to wrap up, could you share with us any future plans now that, you know, the study abroad experience kind of launched you as international beings? So any plans in the future for international travel? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, like I told Sharice before we started, I applied to teach English in Shanghai. So I hope that actually goes through. Yay. But you, my career goals were always to go abroad and work somewhere else. So I always wanted to learn other languages. So hopefully I can actually successfully teach myself Chinese. Mm. Very hard. Don't recommend. Get formal lessons. <laughs> yes. As somebody who only knew Ni Hao when they went there, I will tell you it gets much better as you <laughs> day by day. <laughs> There is hope. <laughs> and Chelsea, how um, about you? Any future plans, either internationally or just, you know, what's in the future for Chelsea? I guess for me, before I went to Japan, I've always wanted to, like, study, I'm not study, teach English mm-hmm. to foreigners or whatever. Um, so I've been thinking about teaching English in Korea okay. for a, a while until I get, like, a hold on things. But after I get out of, after I graduate college, I'm thinking about, um going to a language school and then going to graduate school to focus my studies on Korea and, like, learn about Korea. What is that word? Customs? No, like, more. Learn about Korean more. In-depth? Yeah, yeah, in-depth. Learn about Korea in-depth and, like, really work to go over there and do something. Okay, great. Well, anything you'd like to share that maybe we didn't cover? Be safe, I, I yeah, guess. I guess don't be, be afraid yeah. to make friends. Mm. Yeah. Um, when I went to Japan, I was very dependent on the person I went to Japan with, mm. and that kind of held me back from doing other things, making other friends. And so I guess just put yourself out there. Mm. Like do more things. If, if there are clubs that you want to join, do that. Make friends. If there are like sports events or like any type of event that your school is holding, go to them. Make more friends and just don't be so dependent on other people yes if you really want to learn the language do not just hang out with the other international students that speak your language literally make friends with anybody in your class because that way you're forced to like learn speak because i feel like i hindered myself in japan because i only talked to people that spoke to me in english because i i had a hard time understanding japanese because in class, we learn formal Japanese. When you get there, it's a different type of language, and they're all speaking casual. And, like, all the other students that come from, like, different countries, when they learn Japanese, they're learning the casual. So I could not interject into a conversation. I would just be sitting there like, okay. So then I only talked to people that spoke in English to me because I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, the... The way we sometimes teach language is completely different than what you'll often yeah. experience, especially in countries where the, they have a formal and informal mm-hmm. um, register that's so important. So, very interesting. Oh, well, I'm so excited. Thank you both for being the first guests on Stamped. Um, <laughs> yes. So, for now, everyone, you've been Stamped. Oh, 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 oh,